1: Welcome to another edition of Winging It Motown Radio. I am your host, Kyle. And uh, tonight we've got JJ, we've got Mike, and we've got Peter. Gentlemen, how are you? Wonderful.
2: Fantastic.
3: I, I am absolutely, like, I, I know I say it every time, but I'm, <laughs> I'm really having a, a, the greatest night ever. Okay.
1: JJ is having a par for the course night. Um,
2: <laughs> for real this time.
1: <laughs> for real this time. I mean it, yeah. Yeah, and he actually means it this time, unlike every other time, which he is being I sincere apologize for lying and, is, and is a liar. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. You know, like, partially you <laughs> stupid monster okay <laughs> anyways um, uh, all right so diving right into what we've got on tap tonight um a little bit of red wings talk obviously um the the latest news is that todd nelson is out as the grand rapids griffins bench boss and ben simon the former assistant coach of grand rapids griffins is in as the lead guy um you know on top of that we've also got some other talk with the draft as always as the draft is honestly it's less than 20 days away now um time is ticking on that we've got are starting to see a you know a little bit more of an opinion about what's going to happen at draft day we've seen a lot of draft mock draft picks and uh, uh we just recently made our mock draft pick for the for sb nation um so you know what we can talk a little bit about that um so I guess first, the uh, first things first is uh, Todd Nelson moving out, going to the NHL. Um, he will be the assistant coach with the Dallas Stars. Um, Jim Neal uh, just continues to be uh, the best GM ever with no results at all. <laughs> um, so that's that's uh, you know good for him. I think uh, I think Todd Nelson is a great coach, and uh, honestly, I think it's a smart move. Uh, by, by the stars and by any NHL team. Um, not to say that Todd Nelson isn't an NHL head coach um, or a cal- NHL caliber head coach, but, um, you know, they give him a three-year deal as an assistant, and uh, they just got this this other coach, this head coach, taken over. So, um, you know, kind of a kind of a smart move because I think Todd Nelson's a good coach. I think he's a good mentor for uh, younger players, and he knows how to deal with older players. We saw it with the Griffins. They had a, a slew of veterans who... Uh, not only um, helped them through this season, but helped them win a championship last year. Um, so uh, it's a it's a good move. But now the big question is Ben Simon. Um, I feel like we just kind of trust the process with this. If, if for me, I mean, I know Ben Simon knows what he's doing. I know he's been around the game a long time. Um, former Blackhawks draft pick. Uh, played uh, a little bit. Uh, he won, uh, played, I think he played a little bit in the NHL. Um, he won a, uh, won a Calder Cup with, not only the Griffins as a coach, but as a player with the Chicago Wolves. Um, I think it's just kind of like a, one of those, you know, kind of trust the process there. It seems like it's always worked for them. So uh, do you guys have any immediate thoughts or, uh, you know, uh, criticisms or, you know, any, 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 anything that pops out to you with Ben Simon now moving in total unknown quantity
3: for me, I will admit to not having any clue about this guy. Um mm-hmm. I will verify. He did play 81 total NHL games. There you go. Uh, <laughs>
1: Thank you, Google.
3: <laughs> 13 of those with Columbus, most recently in 2005-06. So that's a guy I actually like should probably remember, but don't.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh well. Yeah, he's still he's still relatively, I mean, young. Uh, you know, the guy's only 39 years old. He's a he's a young mind. Uh, so that's that's interesting. I think uh, they've been going a little bit younger uh, or they've always kind of kept it as a young coach. Um, I think Simon might be the youngest. I don't remember how old Lashell was when they hired him, but I think Simon might be the youngest. Yeah, what I'm most interested about is that apparently
3: and I, I don't know that like this is a guaranteed thing, but. Um, Nelson had been offered an assistant coaching position in detroit right and had declined that and then like during the presser he said that he really wanted a, a change of scenery so it's like yeah. yeah is he the abandoning the the ship or or how how hard should our feelings be hurt versus a, basically jim Nill being the the off-season mvp of uh of gm's <laughs> yeah. being able to to get these kind of hires like should we feel snubbed by Nelson deciding to take basically a what would have been a, a lateral option, uh, yeah. just with a different organization? Although, objectively looking at it, it's it is hard to say that yeah, Detroit would be a, a better solution than than Dallas right now right. based on their future. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't know if my, like, I, like I guess my feelings aren't really hurt or, or I'm not really like throwing up warning flags either, but. It's just one of those interesting things.
1: Yeah, and from what I've heard and, and working with the people that I do, I I don't blame him. Um, obviously, there's just a better situation in terms of roster in Dallas. There's no, there's no lies there, um, you know. And I think it was more of a – honestly, I think it was maybe more of, like, a stability thing. Um, I think it's because you got Ken Holland who's on a – but he's got two more years now he signed that contract extension Jeff Laschel, yeah. he's got you know one year left um I don't know who maybe he just doesn't see the type of uh the job I I don't know stability here that he does there I'm, not, I'm not, my my feelings aren't hurt because it's a it's an assistant coaching job it's hard for me to get upset about it I mean there's like a there's like umpteen assistant coaches out there looking for jobs who are all great hockey minds um so you know I think it's good for him um you know and when the time comes when he's ready to be an NHL head coach uh whether he stays in Dallas or not I mean you know is it really gonna matter at that point you know I, I don't think so I think by the time the Red Wings are back to being you know good again it's time that they hire in one of those crafty veteran head coaches like you know like the Mike Babcock hire or something like that, or the Scotty Bowman hire or something like that. So, you know, it's hard for me to get mad at The
3: only you. thing I'm really looking for out of Simon is if he's going to basically continue the same uh, yeah. theory that, that Nelson did like, cause uh, yeah. and even going back to Blashill, the the Griffins have relied on a lot of basically career AHLers to yeah. carry them through most of their seasons and, and post seasons. Um, not necessarily being the well, just throw every kid who we want to be a, a Red Wing later on into as many different positions as they can, and, and see what happens. There's basically been a you mm-hmm. have to take an AHLer's job away from him in order to yeah. to do this, and there's limited spots even down there. And I know that that uh, that's maybe not necessarily the more the most popular way to do it because it does seem a little bit riskier in in, that, in terms of that but i do like that it sets the organizational standard because like i said i i think the red wings in general have been a little bit slow to award positions for for kids who have earned it but i do like the concept of they have to earn it at, at every level so uh, i'm really curious to see if if ben simon is going to continue that i i think he will i don't have any reason to believe he won't but That's what I'll be looking out for most with him.
1: Yeah, I think that's a big one too, obviously. I'd like to see as the team transitions to see a little bit more of a transition in culture. Uh, Peter, Mike, uh, what about you guys? Uh, Peter, I'll hand it off to you first. Do you have any uh, initial feelings or thoughts about this? I know it's kind of tough because we don't know much about Ben Simon, but uh, how do you feel about it? Yeah.
0: I mean, you guys pretty much touched on on everything I can think of. I I didn't really know too much about him. I you know I did a little bit of research once I once I heard the name. Um, to kind of touch on what you had what, uh, what JJ had brought up before about you know should we feel bad about him taking the Dallas job uh, or not, not not him but Todd Nelson taking the the uh, Dallas job. I mean, I I definitely didn't look at it that way. I think Dallas is a team that's in. I mean, every year they seem to be in a, in a position to win, and then it all goes horribly wrong somehow. For sure, yeah, you know, but but, it, but I mean, at the same time, like I mean, they're they're you know, it, if you want to go and have success now, I mean, that seems like a good opportunity. Whereas for us, it's you know, we're it's going to take a little while. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I I don't think it's I don't think it's something that's that's a bad thing. Uh, I, I don't think it's something that's bad that way. Um, it seems like. You know, from everything I've read, everything I've heard about him, it seems like, you know, he's, he's a good hire. It seems like he's probably the right guy for the job. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm positive about it. I think it's going to be going to be good. Definitely don't see anything like, you know, really negative about it.
1: Okay. And, uh, Mike, what about you?
2: Um, same deal with, with Ben Simon. It's like, I don't know what to say about him. I, uh, (laughs) I haven't uh, been able to pay super close attention to the Griffins since, uh, since I moved out of Michigan. So, but, um, the I think the the silver lining of Todd Nelson leaving the Red Wings organization is that uh, just seeing the fan reaction from Dallas when he was hired like because they it, it feels like many of their fans are at the point where they're just like a good thing happens to their team in the offseason and they're just like more dismayed because right. like it's going to be even worse luck for them in the in the regular <laughs> season. Yeah. Um, <Right. laughs> But otherwise, I mean, I don't know. I I was never particularly attached to Todd Nelson's coaching uh, stint in Grand Rapids, like I was with Jeff Blashels. Um So I don't know. I I I'm not okay upset by any
1: means. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I guess, I guess that's the the, the the trend. Some are a little bit more upset than others, but um, okay. So you know, we don't. It seems like we all kind of agree on that for the most part. Um, moving on to the next subject is uh, a lot of the uh, the Diggers. Uh, beat writers here in Detroit, Detroit, I shouldn't say here in Detroit because I don't live there anymore, Um, in Detroit are uh, talking about the Red Wings moving up in the draft. They're also talking about them just staying at six and maybe even taking a step back and uh, doing the trade down uh, for more picks kind of thing. Um, This is obviously always a really polarizing topic every year. Uh, It seems like there's always a slew of people who want to trade up. There's always just little people who just want to keep the pick, and then there's always the same people who just kind of want to. You are fi- are fine with moving down because the Red Wings have seen some success with that in the past. Um, you know, and this is uh, a highly polarizing topic uh, every year it seems. Um, and uh, the Diggers, I'd like to thank them for just fueling the fire on that every single year. It's really nice, a lot of fun to deal with. Um, personally. Uh, there's no moving up in this draft because the only player you're moving up to get is Ras Vestalin, and that's not happening. Uh, I, I find it really difficult to, to convince me, you know, for you to convince me to move up for a winger. Uh, unless you're telling me that this person, this player is going to turn into, you know, a bona fide Vladimir Tarasenko type player. Uh, or like a Marian Hosa, it's just, I just have a hard time wanting to dish out the assets there. Uh, training down is an interesting topic for me because you have a couple of teams who you could do it with. Uh, you've got the Blackhawks who have two first round picks, one at eight and one at 21. I think it is. And then you have the Islanders who have one at 11, one in 12. I don't think the Islanders are going to try and move up to six to move the 11 and 12th pick for like, you know, for what, 30, the 30th or 31st pick and number six. I don't think they're going to do that. Um, though, who knows? It's Lou Lamorello now. So we really have no idea what they're going to do. Um, and then I think the Blackhawks, I don't know, that might be that might be a viable option. Maybe you could flip your sixth round pick or your six overall pick for eighth overall, 21st overall and give them sixth overall and then maybe your first second round pick which is that high pick from Ottawa I don't know maybe you could convince them um, but at, at the same time I'm really uh, I'm fine with saying at six and then keeping that that later first round pick I mean you're basically going to have that late first round pick from Vegas and then you're gonna have an early second round pick from Ottawa so you've basically got two picks of the same value there um, you know I just it's in you're gonna ha- you're gonna get good players at both picks um, so I mean I don't know. I'm fine with just staying with what we're at, you know, maybe just taking the best player available at six, which hopefully it most likely will be a defenseman. And then um, at, you know, 31 or 30, you can take a forward or, you know, take the best defenseman or, you know, toss the pick out and maybe try and take a goalie. It doesn't matter to me. I just, you know, it's just one of those things. So I think unless the Blackhawks are going to move to six by dealing the eighth, and their 21st pick for six and, like, you know, like a second-round pick, I'm just fine with staying with where we're at. Um, Mike, do you have any uh, – Mike, we'll go to you first on this topic. How do you feel towards, uh, you know, trading up, standing, standing pat, or trading down?
2: Um, I mean, personally, I just I just assume that we stay where we are and uh-huh. draft. You know, Quinn Hughes or Evan Bichard, whoever's, whoever's available. And a um, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I just kind of revealed my like tiers of preference there. Sure, sure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I just assumed that that the Wings stand pat with their sixth pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I I could see, I I, I wouldn't want to see it, but I could see that the the Wings trying to swing something with the Islanders, um, in the hopes that they can grab. Um, Kotkin Yemi, I'm I'm probably butchering the pronunciation.
1: No, nope, you're, you're you're good. Uh, Kotkin Yemi. Okay.
2: It okay. Kotkin Yemi and uh and Dobson, or if for whatever reason Dobson's off the table, I think they'd they'd go with Bodie Wild. But um, uh, I would I would not be happy with that outcome. But uh, I I guess could potentially see something like that happening um, if the Islanders were interested in taking a contract off of Detroit's hands.
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, uh, I mean. Yeah, it would really have to. It would have to for me. It's just gonna have to be a home run. It's gonna have to swing for the fences. Um, JJ, what about you? I know your your favorite thing to talk about is draft time. I'm, so, um, give us uh, give how you feel about it.
3: I'm finding it really hard to like not be weirdly protective of the sixth overall pick like yeah i understand the reasoning for moving back is really solid where the red wings are in the the rebuild thing no matter what happens this draft year uh there's a really good chance that next year anyway they're gonna end up back in the lottery and so getting a couple of guys who are maybe because right now at the sixth overall pick, they're essentially looking at what what is kind of working out into the the third tier of players. You've got Darlene basically on his own level. And then you've got like uh, Zadina and and Svetchnikov probably as the the, just below Darlene, but kind of above the other guys. And then you've got like a whole mess of guys there. So the calculus on it does make sense to try to get two guys that are maybe in the the bottom portion of that like really high third tier mm-hmm. um and then you know plan from there but it's been basically forever since the red wings have had a pick like this that i kind of don't like i i don't want to deal with the the mental stress that i'm going to put myself through doing the math of having the red wings have moving out of that pick and then Having to just track more guys that like I have to root for and against based on
1: right, yeah
3: based on wanting it to work out for the best like I'm I'm already tapped out on hoping that that Jacob Chikrin sucks ass for the rest of his career. Um, <laughs> so it's okay. it's easier for the Red Wings to take the sixth overall pick and for nobody to ever be certain of any of the options they would have had to have moved uh, up or down. Cause like I'm, I'm flat out against trying to move up because I think that you're going to end up overspending. And, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, like, I don't know why it, apparently Ansar Khan is, is all about how the Red Wings really want to move up to, to guarantee Bouchard or, or they're like really enamored with Zadina. But I, I don't know enough about, that like it just doesn't seem like it does not seem worthwhile for me um so if if they do end up moving back and getting e- extra picks then I'll, I'll be okay with it uh, i i i think it does make objective sense it's just at, at this point i don't really feel like being objective but just stay pat and let me be uh mentally biased and lazy about it yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah why not
1: uh peter uh i mean i th- i know that you've kind of maintain the same kind of the same outlook as I have uh but either way just go ahead and uh, what are your thoughts on the thing
0: yeah sure um i mean real quick with like the trading up trading down because i i mean i i'm up the, the position that unless there's unless like some gm gives us some crazy offer that i mean you always want to be listening of course you know you're not right. going to be like no i'm closed but unless they give us some crazy offer i don't want to move up i don't want to move down I mean, you guys pretty much already said, you know, moving up costs too much. Um, mm-hmm. If we were like fourth and like it went Darlene and Sadina, and we really wanted to get Svechnikov and it didn't cost us a ridiculous amount, then OK, maybe. But like, that's not the situation. You know, we're not going to we're not going to move up to get somebody much better than who we could just get at staying at six without giving up right. way too much. Right. Um, as for moving down. I'm generally not against it as an idea, but I think with with where the pick is mm-hmm. and kind of how everything works out, um, the only one that I'm like kind of maybe okay with is if we drop to eight. And again, that was that that would completely depend on who's already been taken. Mm-hmm. Um, because out of the defense, basically, I want a defenseman. Um, I, I I am a proponent of the best player available, but at the same time considering who's likely to go ahead of us yeah um there's going to be one or two defensemen where pretty much everybody you look at has the word elite first for an aspect of their game yeah um and and you just don't get that talent very often right um so like, you know, uh Quinn Hughes, uh Adam Bockfist, those are my two top choices. Um, if somehow if those are both gone, I do think Evan Bouchard is is really good. Um, I think some of the, the people that have said some negative things about him or, you know, some of the downside, like I don't think it's nearly as bad as some people have kind of made it. Like I think he's gonna be very, very good too. I just think with with Quinn Hughes and Bachfist, like they both seem to have this kind of um you know, ability to just get the puck and do something with it where we don't have that. And it's really hard to get a defenseman that can just kind of do that all the time. It's really hard to get. Um, So I just want to stay there. I want to pick either Hughes or Bachfist. Like I said, Bouchard's my third choice. Um, I wouldn't be heartbroken if we got somebody like Dobson or something or even Wallstrom. I mean, I would I I would be disappointed because I want a defenseman but I do think that Wallstrom is going to be a very, very good player. Um, Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's pretty, pretty clear for me. It's really hard to get those really top defensemen or, you know, somebody with the potential to do it. And I feel, Oh, oh, the last point I wanted to make real quick is that um, I know obviously it's, it's really early, but if you look at the uh, you know, the, the top selection predictions for next year, there's a lot fewer defensemen in the yeah. top group in the top 15, top 20. It's, I think I looked in future considerations. They have out of the top 15 people, they have three defensemen. I think one of them is number 15. It's like yeah. four five and 15 or something. So obviously that can change, right. but it does seem like this year is going to be a lot better to get a defenseman the next year. So yeah. for those reasons, I want to go with the best ability of defenseman and I want to try to get a game breaker. So yeah, own, that's what I'm going my with. My
1: only argument there is that draft rankings change so quickly. Um, sure. I mean, cocky and Emmy um, two months ago, I think nobody <laughs> ever heard of them. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I think they should just stick with whatever they feel is best. I mean, honestly, you can't go wrong with what, with what, with what will be there. Um, if they take a defenseman, they've got a slew of them to pick from if they want to forward and they want to take Oliver Wallstrom, i am fine with that too. So that's it. That's, uh, that's how we feel uh, about the NHL draft and moving up, moving down. We shouldn't move up. Um, Moving down, it would have to be a home run, and Stanley pet is probably the best bet. Okay, so moving on to not Red Wings stuff. The uh, Stanley Cup Final is raging on right now. Uh, the Washington Capitals have the Vegas Golden Knights, the NHL's darling team this season, staring down the barrel of a choker. Um and I call them chokers because if you make it to the Stanley Cup Finals and you get routed like they have so far, you are a choker. Um, I don't care if you are made up with the scraps of every other team or not. Um, <laughs> it, it, so it looks like Washington could wrap this up at. well, they got to play. They got to play in Vegas one more time, which they could wrap it up there. But I mean, uh, it's in there. It's kind of in their favor right now. The ball's in their court. Uh, you know, yeah. basically Vegas is going to have to win three straight games in order to to win the cup. So uh, odds aren't in their favor, but uh, the caps have a history. So they have a history of uh, um, not <laughs> doing what they've been, you know, forecasted to do. So um, I think we've kind of been over how, who we want to win and who we're cheering for and stuff like that. Uh, I know I've kind of been on the capitals bent ball, you know, like, in, you know, cheering for the capitals ever since, Know, for years now, um, the Golden Knights would be fun because it's a fun story. I think that we've, I think that it's kind of going both ways. So JJ, let, let's, let, how how do you feel about the uh, the final so far? It's so weird because I started out like rooting for the
3: Capitals more than the Knights, I'll, and just saying like I, it, it'll be curious to see how how that evolves. And I, I think at this point, like I know that at least for the next two games, I'm rooting for the Knights. Like, I want this series to continue. Um, I don't know if, if it going to seven is going to change my outlook right now, but, like, I find myself rooting more, like, I see the Capitals score, and I'm just not happy about it. And I, I can't exactly explain why. Like, yeah, I mean, there have been a couple of Capitals fans in my mentions in regards to Tom Wilson that are, that are annoying. Um, I find myself getting like weirded out by how much the media is falling over themselves, pushing the, the Ovechkin has changed narrative. And it's like, I don't think he's changed. I think that like your stupid asshole opinions on him have changed. And that just kind of annoys me how much (laughs) like credit they're giving to Ovechkin (laughs) in regards to like, no, he probably deserved this credit all along. And now you're just bandwagoning like, I liked Ovechkin before it was cool, um, <laughs> but still, if, if that's it, like watching Ovi and his his true joy is what I'm looking forward to. Uh, in terms yeah, of the way sure. the games have gone, I think that uh, I, I'm definitely not surprised that Barry Trotz has essentially he that's what his Nashville teams were doing to teams. Um, that were better than this Golden Knights team is, Um, you know, they've really stymied them. They've, they've found a way to break the Golden Knights pressure. And essentially it was, it's created a lot of like really good odd man opportunities and Mark Andre Fleury bless his heart. Just, he could not continue to save those chances at, at the high rate he was. So it's not surprising. Um, it's kind of a, a comeuppance in, in terms of the way the game, like you watch the game, it's like this team should be winning this series. And that is absolutely what I'm seeing in so far in, in what's been going on. The Capitals have been the better team. And the Golden yeah. Knights, I don't know, I feel like they kind of deserve it for waiting until game four to even play uh, Thomas Tatar and Ryan Reeves is still in the game, so if if that's the case, where where Vegas ends up losing, that's that's basically where I'm going to key in on the haha. You guys deserve that shit,
1: right? Yeah, I, I I think we feel the same. Well, not really. I don't really want the Vegas Golden Knights to win. I want the Capitals to win. I want them to to go out in uh, in in Game Five, and I want them to drop like a touchdown on them and just just pimp it <laughs> out. And uh, I want to see Evgeny Kuznetsov do that stupid bird thing like four times and <laughs> I
2: want to see
1: Ovechkin like, just rip the cup out of Gary Bettman's hands. I, I, I just want to see stuff like that because I, I feel like it's long overdue and uh, hey, I'm, I'm just really, yeah, like I'm just, I, I really would love to watch the uh, I, I can't wait if it does happen for the media to just eat crow there. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and it's also at the same time going to be completely 100% insufferable. So that's how I feel about it. Uh, uh, Peter, how about you?
0: Yeah. Um, just real quick. Uh, JJ J- had mentioned the, uh, the thing that just annoyed me this series has been, uh, the Ovechkin wants it now narrative. Uh, I was watching the sports net coverage and I wanted to throw my remote at Nick Kiprios cause he was leading the bandwagon on that. Which is not surprising because he usually leans the bandwagon during intermission on a lot of stupid opinions on that show, but um, yeah, I think uh, you know the first the first game of this Stanley Cup final might be the best, most entertaining Stanley Cup final game played in a very long time. Um, it, it would have been unbelievable if the series could have continued at that ridiculous high rate, but um, I think you know one thing that JJ touched on I think is really important is um. You know, Vegas, Vegas basically puts a lot of pressure on you, but in a very smart way, Uh, like they don't do anything that other teams don't do. They just did it really, really well. Uh, And then Marc-Andre Fleury just playing, you know, ridiculously. Um, I wanted to give a shout out. I don't know if anybody, uh, if our listeners know uh, on Twitter, there's a guy, Paul Campbell, who does uh, goaltending stuff and I always find it interesting to, to read from people who know a lot about goaltending because I know very little about it. And it's kind of so hard to, you know, it's kind of so hard to, to really get a handle on sometimes. And um, if you, if you go onto his Twitter account, you can see um, he has a really good video breakdown on why he thinks that Vegas is starting to get, it's starting to let in a lot more goals. Uh, and basically the short version is he has a, this clip here, and uh, it's Backstrom coming down like the left side, and he's really far to the side. And you can see Flurry like way over uh, cheating for shot. And then when the pass comes across, he just doesn't have time to get it. Um, and according to this guy, Paul Campbell, he says that basically Flurry's been doing that all year and in, in all playoffs. But the difference is number one, that Vegas was doing a lot better of a job of cutting off that cross crease pass. Uh, and the other thing, too, is that the Capitals are, are just making the pass quicker and just getting the shot off quicker. And Fleury doesn't have enough time to get across. So I thought that was pretty interesting because, you know, he's he's looked a lot better earlier. And then lately he's letting a lot more goals. So I thought that was a pretty, pretty interesting analysis of it. It is I think,
1: interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's, it's Paul Campbell. It's a way to go, Paul, on Twitter. Uh, and if you search down a couple of times, you can find it. I think. You know, like you guys said, I, I think it's pretty much over. I would not be surprised at all if they win and if they win the next game. A lot of times when it gets to 3-1 and it goes to the home team with the team that's down, you know, a lot of times they can pull it together for one more game and make it go six, but I don't think it's gonna go much longer than that. And uh the the thing I'm interested in is gonna be the con smythe. Because on the one hand, I would love for Ovechkin to get it for the reason that JJ was talking about before, how his whole career he's basically gotten shit on by a lot of people but at the same time kuznetsov really deserves it
1: yeah well i i mean it rarely goes to the player that deserves it, so it and exactly. it's, just, it's just gonna go to ovechkin and and to kind of touch on what you're talking about about flurry about how he kind of the way he's been playing i think flurry's kind of always played like that i think he's always been mm-hmm. a goalie to really overcommit. um mm-hmm. in my opinion uh and I think that Capitals, the way that they play, I think they're really good at bringing that out of goaltenders. I, I think yeah. they're really good at it. This is the kind of way they play. They're very passy, passy kind of passy. Mm. They do more passy than they do shooty. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, they make you pay for it. Um, so, Mike, uh, I, how do you feel about it all? I mean, I, I know we have talked about it a little bit with you before, uh, but you know, now that we're here uh, looking at a possible five you know game five uh, uh elimination uh you know how are you feeling on it
2: uh i'm busy thursday
1: <laughs> night which is
2: tonight <laughs> um so i absolutely want the Knights to win um but then yeah. when the series goes back to washington and i'm hoping
1: for a capitals victory um, yeah i'd like to see him win it in mm-hmm. washington i think that's yeah, I think that, that yeah. Like fun.
2: I've I've been I've been to the to the rink there too for a game last mm-hmm. year when the Wings were in town in D.C. Um, and you know it's you know so I guess it's just a little more like intimate to me that way. Um, I uh, I absolutely loved uh, the last game um, game four with uh, with the Caps just kind of running up the score. Oh, absolutely. As they got more and more chippy. <laughs> That was that was like that was cool to watch because like both teams are like are extremely you know are playing extremely well or whatever but um or have been throughout the playoffs that's why they're here but um yeah I mean the the um, ad placement for that like Ovechkin has changed narrative and and like it just it made me shudder it like it took me back ten years ago or nine years ago I guess. To uh, like the ads that they would have for like Sidney Crosby when uh, we were in the finals against them, and like, and just how like shamelessly the media is like bandwagoning onto one team, and there's like clearly like heroes and villains,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: it's like that's, that's not that's like that type of narrative is like is not what sport is about. Well,
1: yeah, I mean that's that's it, it is kind of what sports <laughs> is about. I think, honestly, personally, um, I, I mean it's just. I mean, mostly it shouldn't be a media thing. It should be something the fans should be left to do is let, let the fans villainize players and stuff like that. Like, you know, players here, or I'm sorry, players here, uh, fans here hated Mirian Hosa. They hated, still hate Sidney Crosby. Um, I don't agree with them, but I get it. You're a fan. That's your, that's your, that's your, that's your right as a fan. Uh, when you are a member of the media um you know and you're supposed to be down the middle you know when you're especially when you're talking about guys who are you know analysts who are on national outlets uh you know it's it's not it's just a bad look, you know it's 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 different yeah, if it's yeah. some you know some schmo with you know the the Toronto Chronicle or the Vancouver you know <laughs> journal or something like that you know it's different then but uh you know they I just think it's when it comes to being a fan, that's that's where let the fans villainize the players. You know that's 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 where, you know that's how it should be, but it isn't, and uh, that's kind of just how I feel about it. Um, so, kind of uh, kind of turning around here. Uh, does anybody ever have any other uh, things they want to speak about about the cup final? I mean, it's not going to be around for much longer.
0: <laughs> nah, I'm good. Okay.
1: Okay. I think that it's so
3: weird that like las vegas guy like then they will continue to get crap for the overly long dramatic pregame ceremonies mm. and then like washington f- had days and days and days to like plan out what their response was gonna be and they f- threw fucking pat
1: sajak out
3: there like how
1: <laughs> old are you yeah i don't know it's I just- I am, I have no idea how to even react to that. To be honest with <laughs> you, I just it's whatever I guess. That's a jack fucking sucks. That's
3: just all I want to say, and then we can move on for the finals. Okay, we are we are now moving on from yeah. the finals. <laughs>
1: all right, the final. The, the final. final sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. Call you call beat out for it, it people. Oh, out I I,
0: I could not care yeah. less. I could not care really? less. So. I,
1: I just, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. All right. Um. So moving on to the concussion <laughs> issue, I know JJ kind of wanted to talk about this. So uh, JJ, I'm just going to kind of let you take this one on can mm. move into positivity corner. Yeah, it's,
3: it's so weird Cause uh, you know, Pete and Jay were talking about this on, on for sure. And it's one of the things that continues to like, really just kind of an annoy and, and baffle me in terms of, uh, yeah, they didn't mention the, the Ken Dryden thing and Bill Daly had been asked about it and he, decided he deflected and he didn't say anything about the what exactly Ken Dryden said he just said that you know he attacked the the messenger and and not the message and it's like it's scary how well coached Daly has become in learning like the Bettman method of speaking and Uh, Pete actually shared an article from the athletic about uh, written by Katie Strang about five takeaways from Gary Bettman's deposition on the concussion lawsuit. And it's like just watching him game this lawsuit and the, the way that a lot of, because as fans, we all want them to do the right thing. Like we don't, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I, I can comfortably say that I'm comfortable with you as a fan if if you don't want to see people brained and suffering from CTE and the like, the Derek Bogard, Rick Rip, and the, the end of of that kind of stuff. Like, but. There's also the, the consideration – like, it just seems like the bewilderment at why the NHL continues to act like this is, is also surprising because the league that essentially throws the lawsuit is – like, you do not want to go down in history Is that. Like, there, is, there are concerns that you could lose this lawsuit so bad. The NFL, like, basically paid a billion dollars to make this go away. They will not pay a billion dollars lightly, but knowing that if you lose this, that it could be the end of the league and then your entire, everything that you've worked for, everything that Gary Bettman has worked for, and I don't like Gary Bettman. I I think that he's not great for the sport. I think he's been good for the business of, of the NHL, but everything that he's worked for, uh that all falls apart if if the NHL gets hammered so hard in this lawsuit that they get that they literally cannot continue to function as a sports league and it snowballs into the rest of the sports league in in that terms of it creates a situation where just the litigation just ruins everything. Um, that's where he's gonna go down in history as the guy who who caused it so every time that he did not, I think that's the thing like He he's, he denies that concussions even lead to CTE. And when asked about it, he's like, well, we don't have proof about that. And you've, you've got to prove that. And it's like, it seems so downright evil for him to say, but as the league is currently on the, the, the chopping block in terms of, if you do say that that yeah, I believe that the medical community is 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 right, and everybody who said that concussions lead to CTE have a good point. Then yeah, the f- first thing that the plaintiffs are going to do there is say, well, then you have to admit that the way that you treated this has been shitty. So he's got to start from denial, 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 and it's like it makes perfect total sense. It's just I I'm not it is it's disheartening to watch how cynically terrible it is like I, I wouldn't be able to sleep comfortably knowing that like this is the way you have to say things but it's it's exactly in the game plan and the one thing that I do want to say that Gary Bettman is right and it's a deflection absolutely but he is trying to push a lot of this blame off onto the the NHLPA. Oh, it's their responsibility to for making sure the players are there and, and we're in contact with them and why aren't they doing a better job? And that is something that I think the fans absolutely should be asking at every single turn along the way is where the hell is the NHLPA in all of this and yeah. why aren't they
1: doing anything? And that's... I just I, wanted to rant for a while, so
3: that's, that's I, basically all i, I got to say
1: about it. Personally, and I won't go much on this, I think that that argument there is what is going to win the case for him, basically. I mean, or basically what's going to keep him clean is why isn't the Players Association doing anything? And it is disgusting. It's dirty. Uh, it's slimy. But that's just kind of how big corporations work. I mean, and it's, you know, when you... I don't know. I, do I feel like the NHL is going to be doomed if this blows up in their face? No, I don't. Because uh, I. I don't know. I mean, the NFL, and I, I look at the NFL, the NFL is a super evil, powerful corporation, uh, a billion, multi-billion dollar makes way more money than the NHL ever will. will have be more populate, popular than the NHL ever will be. Um, but still, doesn't matter how popular you are, when you have former employees of your company killing themselves, uh, committing suicide because they cannot take the, uh, the, the, the repercussions of what the job has done to them. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, and they can get away with it. Like, you know, and they can, they can, they can kind of slither their way out of it. It just kind of shows that every there's, I don't know, money talks. I, and I, the NHL doesn't have the kind of money that the NFL does, but uh NHL players don't have the kind of money that NFL players do. So, I mean, it's just, it's so terrible. It's a, it sucks. Uh, and the only way that it can really change concussion uh, concussion and CTE, uh, awareness and prevention. Uh, this is not an NHL issue. Uh, it's a, it, the NHL is a major culprit, but it is a hockey culture issue as well. Uh, it has to stop from, it has to start from, a, it, if it's going to fix itself, it needs to start at a grassroots level and it needs to work its way to the top. Uh, there's no way that it's just going to start at the NHL and then work its way down. In my opinion, I think it's something that just needs to, it, it's going to have to be a culture change. It's, you're going to have to see junior teams and, uh, uh development programs they are going to have to start taking a different, uh, you know, a different, different approach and stuff like that. And that's just kind of how I feel. And yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm cynical in that. I think that big Eagle, big evil corporation will always win, um, and you know that's that's cynical, and it's not always true, but it's just kind of how I feel. And yeah, I think, I I think
3: you're right. And the culture change takes at least a generation to happen, too.
1: You know, it's it's not going to be overnight. It's just dude. Uh, yeah. Listen. It sucks. It sucks because you know you look at you. I mean, you look at guys like uh, Daniel Carcillo, who three years ago I hated his guts, and now you know I'm you know I'm he's uh, you know he's he's kind of like a like a like a knight like you know like for like he's kind of like just like acting as like this really resounding voice just by being on twitter and and talking you know like standing up to these uh you know these idiots uh who just kind of take light in these kinds of things and you know i, I you know, it's, it's whatever but basically what uh, i like to see <laughs> and if if
3: i understand if the nhlpa were the subject of this lawsuit and the nhl would be totally silent on it because it was like we yeah. don't kick the hornet's nest but right now right. what i would love for the nhlpa to do or any player is to take this concept if he was asked about five former nhl players who died montador probert bielak rip and, and Bogard. and his answer was basically I, I've got nothing to say about that. That's small sample size. And that is so insanely insensitive. Uh, yeah. And, it, you know, it's, it's calculated, too. But it's like, I, that is the part where it's like, I, I, I could not, I understand why he said it. I could not live with myself saying that, that that's a small sample size. And the NHLPA yeah. or somebody in there ought to be saying, it's like, I doubt the family members of any one of those people. Agrees that it is a basically meaningless sample issue,
1: and right. yeah, and I, I mean the it is fucking terrible. And excuse my language, but it's 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 just more of like a. I don't believe that Gary Bettman is that awful of a human being at his core. Obviously, he is an awful person for just obviously going along with what the lawyers are telling him to say and stuff like that. I get it from a business standpoint, but as a person, um, you know, you are talking about families. You're talking about men, good men who were taken way too soon. Um, I, I'm not going to riff on this for for much longer because it's something that we could talk about for hours. And it, 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 But the, the way I look at it is if this is going to fix itself, uh, this will not be fixed with a lawsuit. Because uh, if we lose hockey over this, then we all lose in the end. Um, it, it has to change at a grassroots level level it, it needs to start from the bottom and go f- to the top uh and personally if you ask me i don't think that's ever going to happen so mm-hmm. make the ice bigger <laughs> make the ice bigger make play make players wear face face cages
0: as you were talking i just realized that dan carcillo is the hound from game of thrones
1: <laughs> i don't watch game <laughs> of thrones so i don't get it yeah. but no, I don't watch it. Right. It's the not people that I don't want it, so yeah. Bad.
0: No, I get it. Yeah. I don't have
1: HBO. If anybody wants to lend me their HBO subscription, so I can watch it on <laughs> online, I will I will happily <laughs> take it for free. <laughs> DM me at Kyle, W I I M. All right. Anyways, uh <laughs> we'll move on to the next uh the next subject, which is Positivity Corner. Um we always just kind of go around and talk about something positive in life, or hockey, or whatever the hell you want to talk about. that is positive because uh, if there's anything this world needs right now, it's a little bit more positivity. Um, so let's uh, let's let's start with Mike because uh, Mike hasn't talked in a minute. So uh, Mike, we want to hear something positive from you, whether it be hockey related or life related. So uh, give it to us. Uh-
2: Okay. Jesus, it's hard. It's hard. You put me on a spot like that. Um,
1: <laughs> All right. Well, nothing's going on positive I in mean... his life. <laughs> you could always say how awesome no, it is uh... to be talking to a bunch of handsome gentlemen. Yeah, it... I mean, come on. It, it is. I can.
2: Fruity. I can. I can. I can tell how handsome you guys are through your voices. Oh, wow. Exactly. You <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I mean positivity corner. I guess uh, it was cool seeing Tatar in a Stanley Cup final game the other night. Um, yeah. That was that was really cool. And I mean, we're getting close to the draft. That's that's exciting. This is this is the most exciting draft the Wings have had in my memory. So
1: my God, you are so Canadian. Um,
0: <laughs> what? What did I do?
1: <laughs> just I don't know. I I just making <laughs> Sorry, this is positivity <laughs> corner, not shaming corner. Yeah. <laughs> um,
2: but yes, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's cool. We're going to draft like a really good player that's probably going to be on the uh, on the wings for a very long time. Oh, and
1: you just jinxed going it going real hard. <laughs> uh,
2: yep. And he's going to score hat tricks every game. And
1: okay. <laughs> All right, everybody. Yeah. Well, enjoy, um, uh, Billy Lino 2.0. <laughs> Even though he was undrafted, but whatever.
2: Yeah. Um. But uh, I mean, other otherwise positivity corner. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Life is life is generally good in kind of that like nothing to remark on sort of way.
1: Yeah. So. If you don't have any complaints, then why complain? Exactly. <laughs> All right, uh, JJ, how about you? Well, actually, yeah, let's go with JJ. Yeah, we can go with Pete. All right, Peter, you're (laughs) up. Well, mine
0: was going to be the the draft, um, you know, knowing that we're going to, you know, unless something completely crazy happens, that we're going to get, you know, at least one player that we're really excited about. Um, Hmm. I think, I, yes, I'm going to go a little different. I think, um, you know, because for for us, positivity corner, like the way I think about it is, you know, there's so much negative stuff going on that, like, we want to focus on the positive. And there's a lot of negative stuff that happens on social media, et cetera. You know, I mean, it just it's all over the place. But the last couple of days, I've seen a couple examples where people have taken something negative and they've turned it into something positive. Uh, You know, there's lots of Twitter threads, people reaching out to each other, people offering help to each other. Um, Today, obviously the, the root cause of this is not, is, is, is sad. Um, But you know, somebody, somebody that we know in our hockey community had uh, a father pass away recently, which is of course horrible. Um, But today that person was able to, post a lot of memories about uh, her father, which I know is, is something that's, that's hard to do It's part of the grieving process. But, you know, uh, through, through kind of social media, she was able to, to get a lot of really great stories out there. And so, you know, for me, that's taking something that's, that's negative, but turning around in a positive way, just because we see social media used for negative stuff so often. Um, so I think it is, it, it's cool when we, when we do see the positive aspect of it. So that's, that's going to be mine.
1: All right. That's uh, that's great. I love it. Uh JJ,
3: you have to go now. Sorry. Damn, I should have gone before Pete because I'm it was basically also kinda like social media. But I guess I'll expand it towards the <laughs> the the online community. Um Yeah, you know, I did it I don't know if it, how many listeners we have who don't also follow me on Twitter. I assume that it, that the number is is non zero. Um, but recently I've I've shared uh, I passed a basically a one-year anniversary of a pretty drastic lifestyle change that's led to uh, 200 pounds of, of weight loss and a, a lot of a lot of changes in the way that that I've treated myself and, and mental health. And during that that process, like I was I was really quiet and really reserved about like not wanting to to share the progress just because of of. Uh, a lot of my own kind of fears and, and, and shortcomings about, uh, yeah, and, and nobody cares. And, and the, the, I don't, don't want to brag on yourself too much. And it, it kind of made me realize that all the other people who had been sharing their stories that, ins- that had inspired me through that year, uh, I never once considered any of them like bragging or, or, or like trying to grab the spotlight or, or anything other than like, this is really helpful and, and useful for me. And that kind of, really made me realize how the positivity of social media and the the the, the fan community and, and the whim community too is there are all these people that you have it just like it's the most tentative link too. Um, you know if, if it weren't for the Red Wings I wouldn't know most of you guys. Um, and the way that just sharing the experience has, has led to so many positive and inspiring things. And and when we all get together and, and focus on, on loving the things we love and, and being passionate about, about that, it's, it really has highlighted. I mean, we've seen the, the dark side of social media and, and we, we know it's out there, but I've really come to appreciate in the last few weeks, uh, how much, power for for positive good it's had and it and it continues to have and and how much i've been able to to take advantage of that in ways that i kind of didn't appreciate until more recently and given a chance to think about it so i wanted to reach out and, and and thank every one of you for even if even if you're just listening and we've never talked being a part of that has been such a huge part of my life in the last year and, and the the good things that have happened for me I I couldn't do without that that community so
1: so thanks everybody good i love it jj and uh we're all extremely proud of you god
2: and i said i, I was excited. No hey
1: uh, no hold on i'm going to i'm gonna this, hold on let me bring we're going to we're going to keep riding this wave real quick and then we're going to I'll bring it right back down don't worry um, I'd also like to, to point out something <laughs> positive uh, uh, to kind of branch up what JJ uh, has done, because that's not all he's done um, since he started his lifestyle. Um, JJ, among others, uh, were the people who kind of took me into Wingate Motown, maybe a, a stupid writer and then a stupid editor and then a stupid managing editor and whatever else uh, I'm about to do, um, whatever here, uh, but it's uh, it also kind of reignited my love for journalism and writing and, and becoming uh, and and being a part of uh, uh, telling a story, Uh, whether that story be about sports or something different. uh, It is, it is what it is, but uh, it it reignited my passion for it. And, um, you know, I went back to school uh, since I I, I started at uh, winging at Motown SB Nation. Um, I've done a lot of fun stuff. Went back to school. um, I started an internship at a TV station in Detroit. uh, And then, Eight months ago, I moved uh, to Grand Rapids, where I am now working at another TV station here um, in a really good role. And, uh, you know, that's something that would never have happened uh, unless that that little spark was uh, was was just kind of, you know, come it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, because I remember the first time I swear it's like four or five years ago. I hated Winging I thought they were just assholes. I thought JJ was a huge jerk off. <laughs> and, 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 and I still do, but, he's, yeah, but now he's my big jerk off. And I, I you know, it, that's all that matters. But, uh, it, it, you know, it, it does go to show that, um, uh, great things can come from really unexpected places. And, uh, you know whether that might be a personal triumph of yours, or maybe it's something that happens with someone else, who you love or feel strongly about. Um, you know, great things can come from little, um, little places. Uh, now, also something that I'm going to be positive about to bring us down. I am so excited for the new Halloween movie. Oh God, I can't wait! <laughs> October is going to be amazing. All right. Uh-huh. So, positive positivity yeah. corner. Woo. We went from. Uh, excited about the draft, sentimental to sentimental to sentimental, to being excited about a horror film, because that's just the kind of person I am. And also, something that to be thankful about and positive about, Mike has uh, recently uh, graduated from graduate school, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I got my Master of Fine Arts in Creative Writing. So, you know, this is really-
1: You sound really excited. Yeah, yeah. This is great. It feels a lot
3: like <laughs> you're really selling a <laughs> like You don't like I- clap into a microphone on a podcast, right? Because it feels like it feels like I should be applauding, but that feels really
1: awkward. I was really excited to tell everybody about that, and then you were like, "Yeah, I just, <laughs> no, I just- no, I have no, my, I- my mask <laughs> Yeah, I'm also going to have macaroni and cheese for dinner tomorrow. But, you know, <laughs> i'm, I'm sorry like, that's awesome. I,
2: I, I write because i'm not good at talking <laughs> hey
1: it's fine you are not alone <laughs> i think that most of us can can relate with hey, you there we write no, because it, we are just terrible people at talking we are not gonna talk. jj is probably hey. the best
0: hey we're in delaware hey
1: i'm in delaware oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right. So now it's uh time to move on to reader questions, which is always JJ's thing to do. So we're we'll gonna pass it over to JJ. He's gonna read your questions as every as we do every episode of uh low Town Radio. Uh JJ, go ahead. All right, let's jump into it. Uh we started off uh Wingnut uh it was
3: was real gung-ho about starting off. Apparently slow day at work for Wingnut. Uh appreciate that though. Uh <laughs> As there's no Red Wings hockey going on right now, if you were to start a new team this offseason and could pick one player to build your team around, uh, who would you pick and why? Take everything into account. Skill, age, contract, beard, addiction to video games, whatever you'd like, and pick your one player. Let's start with Peter on this one.
0: Oh, I mean, it's McDavid, and it's not close for me.
3: Right on. All things considered, yeah. <laughs> Kyle? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you took age out of it, then I'd have to think more. But yeah,
1: um, I mean, that was going to be my my answer, too. But just to be to be different, I'm going to I'm going to try and be different. Um, what's a what's a good one? Uh, come back to me, please. Bye.
2: I. You know, yeah, exactly. It's like you, you, took the, you took the obvious one, so I feel like I got to go for the smart ass answer now and say something like, you know, uh, Matt Cullen, he's a good locker room guy. He'll be a good mentor to, to the kids. All right, Kyle,
3: nowhere to
1: go from, from there, but um, <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. Uh, a, to be a smart ass i guess i'll go with i guess it's not really smart ass um i'll go with austin matthews yeah he's like probably the
3: only other like non-joke yeah. candidate unless you do something like take age out of the equation in which case yeah you can throw crosby into that that discussion as well yeah right for sure it's mcdavid that's that's easy uh Second wing, nut question, do either Washington or Vegas attend the White House when they win the Cup? Uh, With the Eagles not going and both basketball teams still Uh playing, saying they aren't going to go, do you think either NHL team would still go
1: if invited? I will just say right now, this is a really dumb question to ask. Uh, Absolutely, (laughs) will they go? If there's anything the NHL hates, it is that that is what the, the the nhl just can't operate with that kind of that kind of controversy yeah i there's no way yeah
0: i mean there's a there's a quote today from Devontae smith pelly that basically said he wouldn't go so i mean i think i think there might be Whoa. one or two yeah. players but i mean the team's You're gonna, gonna each, go the team's 100 yeah, I mean,
1: from each team go. there will probably be players yeah. who will not go i mean you've got uh the vegas yeah. gold knights who have uh ryan reeves malcolm suban they have they have Uh, black players and it's the same with uh, the capitals so maybe there will be and maybe that's short-sighted of me to just assume that you know i I, just because they're black they won't go that's probably really terrible for me to say um but i mean they're both gonna have players who won't go and uh those players will probably be pointed out and ridiculed and it will be ridiculous and whatever but uh I'm not going to go yeah. into the politics because... Uh, yeah, it's just, yeah. I don't have Not to, to be it. controversial, but yeah, it doesn't seem
3: like there would be yeah. much of a problem with uh, Trump wanting to invite either winning hockey team because of the,
1: the overwhelmingly white thing, too. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that, I mean, it's such a big deal because our president has been at war with the NFL for ever since he pretty much the NFL seasons began in, in this term. So, I mean... It's just it's it's just fodder for headlines. So nope, the NHL won't do it because the NHL won't allow it. I'm pretty sure they'll go over that, and every team will have every player there, and everything will be hunky dory and fine. And yeah, you know,
2: especially but, especially with like DC and Vegas, and like DC just being DC and, and Vegas with the, the shooting last year, um, just the political the yeah. political weight would just be,
3: yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, What do you think is the funniest hockey name? Wingnuts says uh, mine is Grant (laughs) Klitzm. I forgot about that guy.
1: (laughs) Oh,
3: that is such a great name. Oh,
1: that is really really good. Great pick.
0: I'm gonna go old school. I'm gonna go old school. Back to the '40s, and you have Harry Dick. Oh, so. good one. Yeah. Good
1: one. God, dude, honestly, at yeah. work today, we were talking about a guy named Harry Dick, and this I'm <laughs> having deja vu right now. <laughs> okay.
2: Oh.
3: What do you think, Mike, is your funniest name?
2: Oh, jeez. I, I don't know. shut up. I don't know. I, I, like, I always kind of thought Shattenkirk <laughs> was funny, but not as funny as Grant <laughs> <laughs> yeah Yeah. <laughs>
1: Kyle, what do, what do you
2: got? I, mean, I think, especially if you're not talking about
0: like vulgar names, I think that makes sense. You know,
1: I'm gonna go with uh, Cliff Pooh. Uh, <laughs> Cliff Pooh, yeah. The, the still still young, only 20. He plays, yeah. He's he plays for the Sabers <laughs> or <he's> the Prospectors. <laughs> I think that
3: uh, Grant Clitson was a great answer. Uh, I always yeah.
2: I always liked Hal Hal Gill because like. All right, J- 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 J, go ahead.
3: No, you, go ahead. Dude.
1: You like Hal, Hal Gill? I was going to say,
2: I always liked Hal Gill. That's
1: just, just a funny like, name. Is there,
2: is there like a freaking manlier name than that? Like,
1: Hal? John Scott. Scott. It's like an. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: yeah so John, John Scott, Scott is probably the most manly
1: no. name you can have.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, those, those would save some names that are like put on like action movie posters and stuff. Yeah. I like.
3: Uh, Aside from from Klitschum, I like there's there's always the classic Ron Tugnut.
1: Just yes, Ron Tugnut. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ron Tugnut! I've always I forgot about kind that. of
3: appreciated the the simple like onomatopoeic silliness of Radic Bonk.
0: That's a good
1: one. Fun
3: That's a funny like, name, yeah. He's Bonk. Uh, there's He's just bonk. There's Miroslav <laughs> Shatan, uh, which isn't funny when you have to say it, but when you have to spell it out as Satan, then
1: yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah, a little yeah. funny. That's a little funny.
0: And that he played for the devils, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he did. <laughs> that's, I, that's almost like two. On I think those. I'm
1: always yeah.
3: tickled by like Vern Fiddler who played for the, for Nashville. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cam Fowler playing for the ducks <laughs> cracks me up. Um, Wheaton King, who played for the Wheat Kings. Yeah. uh, These are good. And the one that always tickles me is Roman Polak, who is Czech. (laughs) Yeah, not Roman. He's not Roman. He's not Not Polish. He's Czech. So that's very confusing
1: every time. So there's some, some good ones out there. Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, hockey is like a treasure trove for freaking hilarious names. So. And then one last question from Wingnut uh,
3: says, I'm in the camp of drafting best player available, but if you had two guys that are equal skill but different positions, which one do you take in
1: general? So both of them? We're taking both of them? No, you can
3: basically – the best player available is literally – there is a, oh, okay. a defenseman, a goaltender, a center, and a winger who are all okay. equally best players. So who do you take based
1: okay. on the position? Okay. Uh, my, based on position, I would probably t- – obviously, I guess I'd take defense. Uh, and I guess it comes down to – I mean, we talked about it before. It's like a three-way tie at defense right now. So you got Bouchard, you've got Hughes, and you've got Buckvist, and then you've got Wallstrom. Uh, I still got to just take one of the three defensemen. That's a, that's a cheap answer, but that's, that's just what I'm going with. So.
0: No, no, I I think, I think it's the same. I mean, I think if, if, if you're just talking about in general and your team is, I mean, I think it's, it's either defense or center, depending on how your team is set up. Uh, You know, if, if, if you had a, you know, if you're like Nashville, and there's a really great center out there. I'd probably lean more towards the center, sure. but I think it's one of those two players. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, you know, pretty much like we said before uh, in terms of what the Red Wings are going to go for. I mean, it should be defense. Right.
1: And it's, yeah. it's, I mean, and that's and just, I won't spend much time on this, but the Red Wings need a defenseman really bad, but they also need center. At, they need depth at center. So, I mean, if you were to tell me that Oliver Wallstrom will be like Dylan Larkin And then the guy you take at defense is going to end up being, like, I don't know, uh, like, take your pick. I mean, I get, like, any good defenseman, I I don't know. It's a tough decision. But I just got to lean defense because it's been a long time since we've had a true blue-chip defensive prospect. So Yeah, Yeah, in terms of skating, I think that,
3: like, even if you're not looking... At what the Red Wings need right now, which is the the game changing defenseman, uh, I think that defenseman in a vacuum makes the most sense in terms of the kind of value you can get for them, and also their their rarity and how much how long they tend to hold on to that kind of value uh, versus centers or wingers. Fair. Although there's a really good argument that uh, that a goalie is is the one true right mm. answer there uh for all those same reasons. Um but I don't know, yeah I'll, I'll stick with defense. So <laughs> our
1: own Yeah. Go ahead.
2: I would uh I would oh yeah
1: yeah we gotta yeah. go with Mike you're you're in this too come mm-hmm.
2: yeah yeah I'm here um yeah I would go with uh I mean I, I guess I would say it kind of depends on where you are in your mm-hmm. rebuild. I feel like the the wings are kind of doing it ass backwards by uh, having having more of the forward core um, further along than defense. Um, But uh, that's just kind of how things have worked out. Just because, I mean, ideally you would take defensemen earlier in your rebuild, just because they take longer to mature.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and this is something we could talk about for hours. But you know, what do you you know? I know it'd be something interesting to break down. Would you rather have a top two defenseman or a, a bonafide top two defenseman or a bonafide number one center? That's an interesting topic to kind of play. into. All centers, all the time.
3: Uh, yeah, our other Mike, start. Mikey Lakeyaki, <laughs> asks uh, the serious question. If players were sandwiches, what kind of smorgasbord would the Red Wings have? And even <laughs> use the right characters in spelling out smorgasbord, which is a dedication of the craft, Mikey. So good, good job there. Uh, who would be the double-decker cheeseburger? You know, not particularly good for you, but sometimes it's just what you crave. Who would be the patty melt tuna salad on rye? Which porcelain would be the <laughs> unremarkable and underappreciated veggie wrap? Uh, P.S. No player is a hot dog in this scenario. Sandwiches only. Uh, Pete, I'm going to let you go first here.
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, How about this? How about we, how about we all yeah. take a, a type of sandwich and then we pick a player? You guys, okay with
0: that? Okay. I mean, I only came up with one, okay. and it's 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 going to be dumb. Like it's it's so obvious. Okay. So I'll just get that one out of the way. I had a, uh, you will be a euro. I mean, that one just seems kind of really on the nose, but I I suck at this so bad.
1: You really went for the literal sense there, and that's not what we were going. Exactly. <laughs> I, I know. No, I I
0: know. I I am not good at these questions.
1: I I am. All right. So bad oh, at these okay. Questions. We got the euro. Um. Yeah. Who's up next? Uh, go ahead, Kyle. You're. Uh, i guess if i'm gonna go the uh, double cheeseburger something that you don't need it but it hits the spot when you when you're when you're craving it um it's tough it really is but that's got to be luke (laughs) glendening i'm sorry but luke (laughs) glendening is the double cheeseburger like when he is on god i love it so much all right
2: Luke Witkowski is a grilled cheese. Uh, there's nothing wrong with no, grilled
1: no, cheese. No, no, I not hear your reasoning so there. I, <laughs> no, shit, sorry, I resent this because I have Luke Witkowski
3: <laughs> and grilled cheese on my list, but he not in the... the same spot. So I want to know.
2: I want to oh, know your. Oh no. Um, he's just he he's just it's a it's kind of like a rainy day a rainy day sort of thing that you bust out when you're just you know you're you're not feeling super motivated for anything else. Although I guess this is a smorgasbord, so I... I, I
1: <laughs> my my idea yeah. of us all taking one is backfiring, because I know JJ has probably a full I work Loop
2: yeah. back around to me. I'll get a better one, because JJ, JJ's... All right, JJ, you go, the and then we'll all, we'll
1: all feel shame, and then... <laughs> I did more work on this question than any other question, <laughs> yeah, you honestly. I wish I would have had time at work today to do it, but I
3: didn't. <laughs> I actually called uh, Athens you the double-decker cheeseburger uh, in turn okay. of the not particularly good for you but sometimes it's just what you crave because that's sure that's him to a t for me uh the patty melt for me is nyquist it's just a it's it's a regular cheeseburger on just normal bread it's really not that fancy but it's good uh tuna salad on rye i have uh roulette because as far as i know nobody ever actually asked for one of those <laughs> Uh, the unremarkable and underappreciated veggie wrap uh was Luke Witkowski for me because fuck that sandwich. Um, <laughs> additional ones, I've got Manta as the meatball sub for the same reason as Bingo Peter made FSU <laughs> <you> of the Euro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got Zitterberg as the club sandwich. It's
1: uh even though Anthony Manta is not Italian. I know. But he's oh, well, known for okay. spicy meatballs.
3: Zetterberg is a club yeah, sandwich. It is, it's a <laughs> classic for a reason, and that reason is it is meaty and fulfilling. <laughs> I have <laughs> Evgeny Svetchnikov as a dry fish sandwich, because he wouldn't even be here if not for the missing tartar sauce. And finally...
2: <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs> God, you really suck. I know. And finally, the grilled <laughs> cheese I have is Jonathan Erickson. Uh, constantly flipped, often burned, and only really appreciated by children. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it!
1: I have nothing else to say to you. Here.
0: Yeah.
1: Thank you for the question, Mikey. Okay, that's all right. Next, yeah, that's very good. And JJ was the only one who got it right.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: all
3: right. Um, F forty one kind of wrote uh, the the long roundabout way about the concept of of trading. Uh, seven and nine picks after our sixth are very intriguing and contemplating the package to obtain an additional first round pick in the first half of the draft. What could you see the wings offering um, including Nyquist Vegas's first round perhaps a second. Um, so essentially we're looking to keep the sixth and also move into the middle of the first. Can we move Nyquist and Vegas's first in order to do that? Does that make sense? Uh,
1: I mean, I don't, I don't. It makes sense, sure. It makes sense if we're winning, like we're 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 coming out on top. But I don't think there are any teams who I think are gonna be just going out and getting Nyquist. And I don't know. That's it's a great question, and yeah. But I don't. There are no teams that come off the top of my head that need a Gustav Nyquist. Yeah, right that now. badly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you know, and, yeah. and you know, like I don't know. I I don't think so. It definitely makes sense from the Red Wings' standpoint. I mean, that's easy, mm-hmm. but I don't I don't see any other team that it like would make sense. To. The only like the only team I could see like making a like a dumb dumb move like that would be like the Edmonton Oilers or something like that. Yeah, because you're risking rent <laughs>
3: to Nyquist for only one year.
1: Yeah. And he because he's not yeah. gonna be an RFA, he will be unrestricted. So
0: Yeah. And and um I mean I think there's a lot of value to having those three picks, you know, starting with probably number thirty and then a couple very shortly after that. Um, you know, having basically you know, obviously you'd like to get more than one player, but you know, three chances of getting like a really good player there. Yeah. Um I think I think there's a lot of value to having that, you know, three shots at that level, I think is is gonna yeah. be really important
1: uh maybe uh the Islanders uh anticipate not re-signing Tavares and uh, we trade uh Darren Helm to them for their 11th pick. That's that's my, that's right. what I'm going
2: with. <laughs> <laughs> something that I thought. Something <laughs> that I thought of earlier today actually about uh about the like endless like Nyquist trade talk is that um because I, I read an uh, M Live had an article today, I think, about um, Zetterberg, uh, you know, confirming that he's playing at least one more season. Um, is how important is Nyquist being on the Red Wings to Zetterberg continuing to play? Um, I mean, I don't. This is just kind of like a, a, a wild guess from watching most games through my TV screen, but like, I mean. I, I could I could see the argument that having Nyquist around is a little bit
1: more incentive for Zetterberg to stay. Yeah. Just because it
2: seems like they have like a chemistry and like legitimate friendship and Sure.
1: Uh, I mean that's a good point and all, but we're also talking yeah. we're also, hey, it's just, we're just, also just... talking about the guy who brought the Red Wings their first non playoff season. Like he, he overtook from yeah. from, you know, one of the best defensemen of all time. I think he's here to stay, and he'll – I don't think that anyone leaving is going to change anything. My opinion, of course.
3: All right. uh, Moving on. Yvette S19 wants to know, uh, using today's NHL players and ignoring the salary cap, would it even be possible to form a team with as many historically great players as the 0102 Wings Which players from today's NHL would it take to form a comparable team? Kyle, what do you think?
1: I mean, are we talking about a whole, like, 23-man roster here? (laughs) Like, 21? I mean, are we talking about, like, a whole giant-ass roster? I don't know. Um, So, to be sure, that it's players today that would replicate what they did back then. I don't think so. I mean, like, unless you're talking about like Sidney Crosby as your second line center, Connor McDavid as your first line center, Evgeny Malkin for your third line center, Alex Ovechkin as your your big wing. I mean, yeah, sure, I'm sure there is a way to do it, but why try and replicate it as beautiful as it was?
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure, like an all star <laughs> team today would probably beat the <laughs> the O one O two wings. Um, as much of a bummer as that is to, to contemplate, I guess. But, you know, it's like, you know, let the oh one oh two one 2 wings be their, their thing, that they were like, you know, monsters.
3: Yeah, so that's the that thing, reason. is I think that like ignoring the salary cap makes it, an, I think it makes it an easy yes, I mean, that you can do it, because at any given point in the NHL, And I, I don't know, I'm just pulling a number out of my ass, but there's like, there are at least 23 players out there who are future hall of famers in the NHL right now. So yes, you, if you could ignore the salary cap, you could conceivably put together the team of all of those guys all at once. Um. As far as like which yeah. players qualify, I, I I don't yeah you you throw Crosby in there, you throw uh, Joe Thornton would would be on there, Zdeno Chara, uh, o, you know Ovechkin would be easy, McDavid maybe you take a, a change. Austin Matthews obviously isn't a, a surefire Hall of Famer, but Pavel Dotsuk wasn't a surefire Hall of Famer back then, so
1: yeah, I mean it's. Would anybody actually replicate Dominic Hasek?
3: <laughs> No,
0: I think that would be this the league. hardest. That would be the the, the the hardest position to to make up.
1: This league
3: is drastically short of it. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd take Carey Price, I guess, but you're not. He's
1: not. He's not. Nobody's as not,
3: fun not, as yeah. Dominic Kashik was.
1: Oh yeah, you wish he was as good. <laughs> yeah. He and it's just a, like a psychotic athlete, <laughs> just a psycho athlete is what he was. All right, uh, MK Elon says being realistic, which
3: four players would your dream draft would be your dream draft using Detroit's first four picks? I'm gonna punt. Sad, I have no idea. If anybody's got an answer here, please share.
1: Um, yeah, that's a, that's a, I mean. I'll go you know what? I'll go ahead. If they follow up on that, I'll I'll go ahead and maybe we can do a post on this because that seems like something we could really crowdsource uh for, for all the writers at me in Motown or anybody who's interested. I think that's a really good topic. So thank you for the uh, the idea. Uh, <laughs> we will I will right. absolutely follow up on that. Uh, IT guy says he wasn't
3: excited. He saw stuff about Reese or resigning green. But if you sign and deadline dump, then okay. Now I'm seeing there's talk of a two-year deal. Thoughts? Didn't we?
1: Did, I, and I might be wrong here. Didn't, wasn't there? They were saying that, that it's Yeah, I mean, it's not for it now?
0: Yeah, I, I don't think it's ever been reported as being like close to done. It was just that they're talking. That's all I've two-year seen. Two-year deals yeah. really
1: yeah. change things for me, really. Um, the way I feel, yeah. yeah, the way I feel about it, if it's if it's a two-year deal, it's like, a, I mean, it kind of sounds like they're pretty much hunting on Xavier Lett, and I don't know, no. If they want to bring him back on a two- year deal that is you know uh affordable, then is that really gonna destroy everything that they're trying to accomplish? I don't think so,
3: yeah, like I'm not in favor, but it also like it doesn't necessarily preclude, preclude moving him at this year's deadline anyway, so whatever I
2: don't yeah, care pretty much Mike, what do you think? Man, um, I mean, I, I agreed you know he's not at the point in his career. Where he's going to be taking a bunch of one-year deals like uh, Thomas Thomas Manick. So, um, yeah, m-
3: I would like to bring <laughs> Thomas back. back. All the yeah, every year,
1: all the time. I love. <laughs> I love him. He was he yeah. was a lot of fun. Like oh, yeah. I had fun with him. Yeah. him. He was awesome. I had fun up until he was traded, and I was really upset about <laughs> what they got for him. Yep. Yeah. WJR, uh, a
3: lot of, I'm just going to read the actual question and then not the explanation. Uh, with Cronwell's contract expiring after this coming season, if Holland were to offer Cronwell a one or two year extension, would any of you be for it?
0: For firing Holland? Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, it is. Is there any, no, like, I mean, there's
0: no. no
1: good reason to say no, yes to not, this. no, no. And honestly, I don't, like, I don't, would you, do we think that he would say yes to it? I mean, I'm just
0: every, like, like, I was amazed last year at how much he played. Like, I thought last
1: year. I mean, and he wasn't, like, he wasn't, like, he wasn't god awful in my opinion. Like, he wasn't great, but the way that they used him was fine. Like, yeah. if they want to take him on a year-to-year basis, like, it's like, hey, we'll give you a, you know, like a, We'll, we'll sign you for one year for two or, um, you know, a million dollars, something like that with some, with some bonus, with some bonus loaded bonuses loaded into it. But i be mad over that now, nah, whatever. I mean. Yeah, that's
3: fine. All right. IT guy wants us to talk about some recent uh, Jeff blashow comments said to the red and white authority. Um, so he says, I find this jabber really odd. Uh, you know, what do you, how, how do you read this? So Blash's comments are, we have a wide open opportunity to make our hockey team without question. I think there's less sure bets in terms of guys being cemented in certain spots in the lineup. Why? Because we haven't been good enough for two years. It's hard to be cemented in spots in the lineup when we haven't been good enough. Maybe you've played first or second line. It doesn't mean you're guaranteed to be first or second line next year. Maybe you've been a power play guy. It doesn't mean you're guaranteed to be a power play guy next year. That means if other guys come in and are better than the guys we have, they're going to play more than ever before, and in greater numbers than ever before. Now you have to earn these spots. You have to come in and be great. I told a lot of the young guys I would love for that, but again, you got to do the work. So I think it's a wide-open roster, more than ever before. What are our thoughts on this comment from Blashill? Start with, whoever I start with in a while. Uh, Mike, can
2: you start, please? Mike, Yeah, Mike's too. Yeah, Yeah, um, yeah, the tie... Ty goes to the veteran is like no longer the mantra. I think is essentially what that is saying. Um, right I think that it's you know more competitive, or um, there are more positions that are available for people to take. And you know, I think part of that is just particularly at forward. There's you know you have more guys like Marty Furk who you know who played last year who don't have guaranteed spots
3: this year. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Mike, about the concept that it kind of makes the question of what took so long to get here? Like, why did it take you two years to
2: to tell us this? Oh, um, I think that's entirely because that, like, he's following company line, essentially. Um, yeah, you
1: know, Makes sense. Yep, yeah, pretty ago. much, yeah.
2: Two years ago, the wings weren't rock bottom. Now they are, so they're you know, throwing the spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks.
1: I love that you consider this your rock bottom. <laughs> I did, yeah, I know, uh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> this is not rock bottom.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep that in mind, and I I love seeing comments that are like, ah, the wings are this is so terrible, and it's like, Edmonton Oilers are just laughing at you right now.
1: Uh, personally, uh, yeah. the my takeaway from uh, from those comments is I'm not really moved by them at all because. It just kind of sounds like uh, wording something that's been kind of the, the same deal every season. Uh, kind of rewording the the plan going into every season. It's basically just like uh, making a sandwich and putting mustard at the bottom instead of the top, basically. Uh, for me. Uh, you know, I think I it's always been... sandwich a lot, though. Yeah, I guess, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they've kind of like in in recent years, it's, you know, I guess since Larkin was kind of the first one where it's like, all right, this kid is good enough and we're just going to roll with it. Uh, you know, who, you know, who the last one to do that? There hasn't been one yet. Like as a right rate out of their draft year. So I don't know. We'll see. I kind of, it, it kind of just sounds the same to me, but at the same time, maybe it means that Blashell is like, you know what? I know my time is probably limited here, so I'm just gonna go ahead and do my thing. Maybe, Peter, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we were talking about this, say in the Slack, and Jeff said basically, "I'll believe it when I see it," which is which is my my initial thought. Um, I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna belabor the point, but like you know, last year, for example, you know, we were hearing, you know, maybe not to this extent, but we were hearing, oh yeah, you know. You know, if you're better than the guy, you're going to play. And then not that he's the best player in the world, but I mean, Joe Hickets easily should have made the team out of camp and he didn't. And, you know, I mean, granted, he wasn't like Larkin that one preseason, but I mean, in my mind, he was easily in the group of defensemen that should have been in Detroit and he wasn't. So, you know, and and, and I understand that there's, you know, contract considerations and all that stuff, but it's like, if you're going to say that and then you have a guy who claims the spot and you don't give it to him, then, you know, I'm not going to believe you until I see it. So I would like for this to be true. I hope it is. Um, But like the same person says, hope it's not a strategy. So two Jeff shout outs tonight. Yeah, there we go.
3: Yeah. I'm right there along with you. It's it's lip service until I see otherwise. Uh, You know, despite all of the, this great words from Blashill that, that seem necessary, uh, there's still, Ken Holland has two votes here too. So, you know, I'm glad that, that it got said because it, it, it at least gives me the opportunity for false hope, but prove it. WJR has a follow-up question. If it all turns out to be fact and they actually do have people who, um, I'll just I'll read it. If this all turns out to be fact and not just Blasio <laughs> rambling on during an interview, what exactly does Detroit do with these players deemed not good enough? It's not like you can ignore their contract. And it's not like they're going to be able to trade these guys because if you can't make the starting lineup on a team which plays 27th out of 31 teams. That doesn't exactly help one's trade value or the perception of the player in general. So what, in your estimation, does Detroit do with these players at this point? How would all of you handle the situation if all this is indeed to be what happens? I don't know. Just him gonna, back and shoot them. I mean, fuck it.
1: You yeah, just don't there. play them. Yeah, Blashell's, I don't know. I guess Blashell isn't signing the contracts here. You know, I, I'm sure he might have a little bit of a say, but yeah, it's like just kind of, if they're not good enough, then yeah, they're not good enough. That's just plain and simple. Yeah, you bench them, you wave them, whatever. Yeah. At this yeah.
3: point, the, the cap space yeah. is gone and you're using what you're using. So who cares?
0: Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, like, like look around the league. I mean, look at how many other teams will waive somebody making five million dollars. I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but it, it does happen. You know, you got you got veterans making a lot of money getting waived. You know, why not here? Yep. If it comes to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're playing Steve. We're paying Stephen Weiss to not play for us. So. <laughs> all right. There's only
3: <laughs> one more question that I'm actually going to ask. Uh, there's two more in here. Uh, there's one about drowning politicians, <laughs> yeah. and that's just it's funny, but nah. Uh, MD Road 12, yeah. you must pick one of Tavares, Carlson, or Van Riemsdyke for the wings to sign in free agency. Who do you choose and why?
1: Kyle, start us off.
0: <laughs>
1: You're not gonna like my answer, uh, no. but uh, I, I'm taking I'm Tavares. Taking okay, why? Oh, yeah, and why? Um, I don't know. Kind of a gut thing. Uh, here's here's how I look at it. Um, both players, if you were to sign... I'm, and to be fair, uh, Van I should not even be in this discussion, in my opinion. But uh, if you look at what... I mean, they're both going to get big paydays if they hit free agency or anything like that. So um, the way I look at it is... Um, I don't know. You, obviously, you're probably given a max deal of uh, seven years, either one of them. So... I'm gonna go with the guy who is the bona fide number one center. Uh whereas, you know, uh you know, what what has the stat line been the last like he had eighty-four points this year and like just over sixty points last year? I don't know. I just feel like Tavares would probably be more fun. I would like to see a line of Tavares, uh Zetterberg, and uh, Anthony Mantha. That'd be fun. Yeah. It would right. be fun. That's a hot take, by the way. This is a very hot take. Oh yeah, I mean everybody's yeah. saying Carlson. Actually know what it says.
0: I will not give away until it's my turn.
1: Uh, it's it's your turn now. Hey. I will I,
0: I will now give away my answer. <laughs> um well with the obvious caveat that that my my choice if it were an option were to sign none of these players, which I think is is probably the same for everybody. Um I, I would go with Tavares as well. And it's a very simple reason. Um, I think both of them are going to be overpaid for too long. Uh, so I'm going to go with the player that I like, the player that I know. And, you know, he's a, he's a really good guy. He's a really good team player. He's a good leader. Um, and he still has a lot left in the tank. And I think I, I, yeah. You know, so I'm just going to go with the player I like more. So, yeah. That's my call. So look, you're not alone on the Tavares train, All right? And there's still there's still room.
3: And you're also wrong. You said that you would hate your answer. I didn't hate your answer. I, I liked your answer. Uh, okay. Yeah. But Mike, let's hear your answer. See if I hate that one.
2: Uh, you're <laughs> probably going to because I'm gonna say JVR. Just what? Just, <laughs> but like yeah, realistically, Tavares is the best choice because he's the best player. But like, do we even want to be good right now? Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> I, I, <kinda. laughs> I, I honestly i don't know about everybody everybody here or whoever's listening but losing and being terrible not so much fun to watch
2: yeah no, not at all
1: not now, i don't on. i don't really have a good time watching the team lose.
2: yeah i like one i'm just kind of being a contrarian but but two, a uh you know i, I kind of do uh Kind of, James Van Ramsey is one of the players that like I kind of enjoy watching playing. You know the like three or four games a year that I catch him. So, and the Wings have had a really good history of bringing in those types of players, the ones that I'm like, yeah, I like that player, for the past several years between between Mike Green and Thomas Vanek and between Brad Richards.
1: <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I, fair. I I Mike, I love you, but wow. <laughs> You're gonna take the 50 point winger over the freaking point per game center and the elite defenseman hey, you know what? I can appreciate it because that, that that is a hot take.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's super, like how boring would it be if I was the third guy that was like John tavares man because he's sure. a good
1: player. <laughs> JJ is definitely gonna say save James Henry right like now because <laughs> he's gonna have some weird reason. You are very close, Kyle.
3: I am going to be an asshole here, and I'm going to uh, not say Tavares. I'm going to put my reasoning out there as I'm choosing this player because I've been told I have to sign one of these guys, and I'm going to go for the one that I think you can get for the cheapest and shortest deal. And that is obviously by the rules of the question asked of me... I must pick one of these guys. Uh I am picking free agent Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Yes! (laughs) 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 He is a free agent coming off of an $825,000 cap hit defenseman. I'm pretty sure you could get him for a short, cheap deal that does not affect your cap situation. That's what I'm going for. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait to way to game the system. I win.
0: <laughs> and that is
3: the end of our, our question. So I'm going to hand back uh the conch to Kyle to to take us out of here.
1: <laughs> all right. So um we'll probably meet with you guys, talk with you uh all before the uh, draft time, obviously. Um But the next time we talk to you, there very well could be a new Stanley Cup champion in the NHL. Or no, there will be a new. I should say there will be a new Stanley Cup champion in the NHL. So we'll obviously be talking about that. So, gentlemen, are there any final hockey-related or non-hockey-related thoughts?
0: Go Caps, except for Tom Wilson. I hope you get hurt
2: in warm-ups.
1: Bingo. Fuck Pat Sajak. Okay. (laughs) Mike?
2: uh um. Nope, I don't have anything. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I'm just gonna not. Every instinct I have is telling me to say something about James Van Reemsdyke and I'm just
1: gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> well, I mean, if you I'm have gonna... the time, time is a ticket, and you have the time now, so. Sorry. <laughs> You don't need to say anything about JVR, it's fine. <laughs> uh my final real my final thought is I'm still really excited for the Halloween movie. So, awesome. anyways, for JJ, for your host, Mikhail. Mikhail. Mikhail, that is also a name. Mikhail is a name. Yeah. Yep, Mikhail Grabowski. Is that how is it? Is it Mikhail? Mikhail Samuelson. In... Who could yeah. forget that Red Wings legend? I am Kyle, your host for Wing and Motown Radio. For JJ For Mike and for Peter, thanks for tuning in. Have a nice night or day wherever you live.